Welcome to Commodity Comics, a podcast highlighting the female and Latinx presence in comics, not only as creators, but as readers and fans. And this is episode 16. We are your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. All right, guys. So what's the chisme de la semana? ¿Qué estamos chismeando hoy? Well, my chisme, this is Jen, by the way, is actually from Twitter. It's something that um, Guillermo del Toro tweeted in Spanish. He was specifically talking about prejudice in the, in Latin America from cultural authorities. Now, interesting. yeah, so this could either mean uh, his peers and critiques in Latin American culture uh, or Latin America, Latin America countries, or it could be about the fact that in many Latin American countries, there is kind of like uh, restrictions Mm -hmm. on what is allowed to be played in theaters and stuff like that. Um. Maybe not like in Mexico or like Guatemala, but like in, or in some countries in South America, but like places like Venezuela Mm -hmm. or like, um, uh, or Cuba and stuff like that. And he was talking about how, specifically how, um, um, the f- the fantasy genre in um, um in Latin America is isn't viewed kindly upon. The interesting yeah, and which Guillermo del Toro he's very heavy into the fantasy right. genre, and um it uh, it can be taken either way I guess, but I think he specifically was talking about the genre itself mm-hmm. and how it isn't respected, and that's true even in like. Uh, like American culture in the in like the, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, um, uh, the Oscars, uh, the how the fantasy genre or like the superhero genre isn't viewed too kindly. The things that are like popular with people are not viewed kindly. They're seen as kind of like subpar to like drama and realism and all this yeah. other like yeah. modernist crap that is honestly. <laughs> fucking boring as hell like look sometimes i can be a snob like i will watch the shit out of like a classical like film and stuff like that like i will be all about it other times i'm just like man jupiter ascending was the best fucking film to ever (laughs) come out i don't care what anybody says that shit was amazing because i too would like to be a princess from space who who tells me who tells me who the bees tell me that I am a princess. <laughs> and like some space princess. Like, I remember you talking about that movie lo- and one of these, uh, <laughs> one of our episodes. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. And I never did. <laughs> no, I, I saw it. It was pretty good. I liked the effects. I thought it was uh, well done. And it just got really bad reviews. It got really bad reviews because people hated on the fact that like a film was made, I think, specifically for women and for for girls in mind. Like, oh. like it's it's a thing that I've always been like, like super against like the whole like Mary Sue trope thing Mm -hmm. that first started out with like Star Trek and all that stuff like once you make a character specifically a female character who is like seen as like overpowerful like oh my god what does everybody love her kind of thing that she's a Mary Sue it's an insult like like she yeah that she that that no one this perfect can exist Mm -hmm. blah 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 but then you got characters like fucking Batman running around and everybody's just like oh Batman's so cool and so realistic I'm just like uh you know like that is not true like he's in the world of superheroes (laughs) and like I'm not shitting on Batman I love Batman I love the entire Batman family but it's ridiculous and the uh like the clades that he gets, and I'm just like, calm the fuck down. He's not that great. Like, he's great, but he's not that great. Like, chill, fam. Well, what exactly did Guillermo say? Well, um, uh, he tweeted it in Spanish, 
but he was saying that um, uh, that the fantasy genre is not so different from realism and from drama because it is it is uh, that well drama and realism reflect the world as we see it um uh, fantasy the fantasy genre reflects the imagination and imagination is shaped by culture that um, um that the fantasy drama is a mirror for our culture it's a dark mirror mm-hmm. for our culture and that it can it is inherently political and um and can take sides as well so i just thought i was like totally like with him like yeah like the fantasy genre isn't to be looked down upon like uh token we all know who token is and he wrote his books like in like yeah when when was it shit i'm gonna get hate now (laughs) (laughs) somewhere sometime in like the 50s like i'm gonna say that i'm probably wrong (laughs) and people are gonna get the the lord of the rings fans are gonna be like oh my god she's wrong like crucifier how dare you you not know i'm gonna be real here i never watched the token films (laughs) oh shit my nerd cred just went down Uh (laughs) uh-oh but like um uh like in like works like by C.S. Lewis, they they're remembered. Does anybody else remember some books written in the fucking fifties? Like no, <laughs> like who? Like I'm sorry. So don't don't know the. I do not remember anybody. The the I think the things that stick is fantasy. Uh-huh. Like that's what sticks. Fantasy folk tales like um uh, urban like urban myths, legends, and stuff like that. That's what sticks around. Well, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's lots of uh, sci-fi and uh, other kind of uh, uh, fans uh, of uh, different genres of literature out there that are going to be sending hate mail. And just remember, that's J-E-N. <laughs> I can take it. I can take it. Uh, okay, so this is Kristen. I actually have two things on my um Chisme de la Semana. The first thing is that it was um, uh, just announced recently that uh, Samuel Jackson has been reported um, to be co-starring in the Captain Marvel movie with Brie Larson, reprising his role as Nick Fury. I yeah. saw that, and I'm honestly so excited. Yeah. That's going to be super cool. Yeah. Like, hell yes. <laughs> like, literally, like, if... This would have been any other person that they would have announced as being a co-star with her. Mm-hmm. I would say it either has to be another woman or, like, nobody at all. But now, Nick Fury? Yeah. Like, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson? Fuck yes. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that. Yeah. Like, that's going to be fucking legit. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that. Uh, I I really... Uh, I'm a big fan of Samuel Jackson's uh, Nick Fury. So, and I'm really excited about this movie. Um, looks like, though, that... It, is it... It's 20... 19 that it's supposed to be coming yeah, out? Yeah, they pushed it back. Yeah. And the Black Panther movie because of Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. I might be seeing this weekend. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, a tease about that. It's actually, um, I asked somebody who saw it at the premiere, and they oh. said, I said, is that Gonke? <laughs> and they said, no, his name is, he told, told me something else. It's Ned Lee. And I was yeah. like, okay. I said, but that looks a spitting image. A spitting image of Gonke. So my other piece of cheese is, um, some of you may remember from our first, um, our first uh, episode where we talked about the books from the creators that we met at the East LA Comic Con. 
Um, and one of those books was Quince uh, from Fanbase Press. And um, the book was about Lupe, who um, discovers that on her 15th birthday, uh, at her quinceanera, that she has superpowers. And um, so my achievement is revolving around that, that uh, Comadre C Comics is going to sponsor a quince trade paperback release party. Yay! <laughs> We're going to um, hold it at Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica, and we are going to have it on October 14th, which is a Saturday, and um, we are looking to really, we're really super excited about this. We're really looking to decorate Heidi Ho in quinceanera fashion. Like, you guys have no idea how <laughs> excited I am for this. I'm, we're about to go full quinceanera Hispanic status up in here. Yeah, I was thinking of even wearing a gown or a crown or something. Yeah. Hey, yo, I still have my dress and my crown for my quince. Like, oh, shit. I do, too, but I don't think I could fit in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never had a quince, so this is my chance to get dressed up. But I have been looking at um, different uh, uh, quinceanera dresses. Um, They're all over Instagram. In fact, there was just an article that came out today on Facebook about this... uh, this um, writer who did kind of like a story on um, families and how much money they spend on quinceañeras. And oh, my God. Oh, well, I don't think we're going to spend that much. <laughs> no, we're not going to spend that much. But this um, this piece actually included a lot of pictures of girls with their dresses. And, oh, my gosh, some of them were just so... I mean, every single one of them was over the top, which I love. <laughs> I love those uh, over the I top dresses. I want to wear a giant poofy dress. But yes, but <laughs> but I I totally was never about that like girly poofy dress princess face at all. But uh, now in my adulthood, I think I'm I'm gonna take that back. <laughs> I want to find myself a poofy a poofy top and a pink dress. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so excited. I hope it's not very hot. I hope it's nice, cool weather so yes. I can really go puffy. Like puffy, <laughs> puffy sleeves, puffy, puffy, puffy everywhere. Yeah, so this is um, the uh, initial invitation to all of you listeners. And definitely uh, read Quince. It's out on Comixology, uh, the single issues. Um, but the trade paperback will be released in October, and we're hoping to um, really get lots of fans and also new readers in, and we encourage you uh, to dress in your most highest quince fashion. Heck yep. yes. I'm not saying I want to see drunk uncles making fools of <laughs> That is like a quince staple. That, that really is. It's a quince staple. Yeah, <laughs> that the drunk uncle that's on the dance floor and dancing like all these crazy moves and stuff and forcing the quinceanera to dance with him. And yeah. It's great. Great stuff. <laughs> um, this is Sarah, and my chisme uh, is on uh, an event that I did not attend, but I think uh, it's worthwhile to mention it on this episode. Uh, Baja Comic Con. Baja Comic Con was a free event in Tijuana. It's, it was at El Centro Cultural, El Centro Cultural Tijuana. I got a little tongue tied there. <laughs> um, it was this Saturday and Sunday, July first. Um, and the cool thing is, like, there are parking um, parking lots like right at the border crossing where you can cross um, on foot or via foot. Uh-huh. And um, um, they're right outside of 
the line you crossed. So basically, I uh, Google mapped it, and you can actually park your car and walk across the border and walk to this event in 30 minutes or less. Oh, cool. So it's worth mentioning that um, you may want to take a look. Um, keep this on your radar because it'll ha- be happening sometime next year mm-hmm. around the same time. Uh, they also corroborate with uh, San Diego Comic Con. Oh, wow. So, um, so it's very exciting, and it's something that I really wanted to do, but it was during the holiday weekend, and there's yeah. life got in the way, but it's yeah. definitely something to keep in mind for the next upcoming year. Awesome. So uh, collaborating with uh, the people who put together San Diego, what, how is, uh, is it the same people or how do, how is, what is that collaboration? Um, I think what, uh, it was with the, what, um, promoters and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that sense, they, they were a totally different crew oh, of okay. people that were organizing okay. the Baja Con. Um, it looks small, but I think it's a growing thing. Yeah. Um, and also, it, it's a free event. So oh, I saw the cool. pictures, and I was just, like, really excited. They had a couple of people signing. It just it seems like it's a good time for all. Oh, that's yeah, great. That's legit, yeah. I really am excited to see the presence of Latinos and Hispanics within the comic book industry just growing it seems exponentially i mean we have yes. we, mm-hmm. we had this um there, i mean there was one last year in uh was it huntington park um it didn't happen again this year it was in july but it didn't happen um but then there was the east la comic con there's the latino um, expo that's coming up in uh november uh, and mm-hmm. then this Baja one that we heard about. So I'm really excited to, to see that um, we are garnering representation out there as fans and also highlighting all of the creators. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also a big uh, kind of a kind of a like a little uh, feather in your cap. You can actually have tacos while you're down there. Because <laughs> oh, those yes. are the bomb. Uh, the bomb. <laughs> Yeah, very good tacos down there. I think it's the best tacos I've had. Is really? when I go to Tijuana, it's it's hard to mimic that um, that authentic flavor. Yeah. So I highly recommend eating down there <laughs> when you're down there. <laughs> well, that's cool. I maybe one maybe we can really work on uh, getting Comalesi uh, Comics to get to Baja Con next year. Absolutely, hey. I would totally love that. Yeah, definitely. All right, Tristan, what are we drinking today? So today we are drinking a beer called Clear and Present Dankness. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this can is super psychedelic looking um it's kind of like a purple and aqua and green and uh, all kinds of like funky colors definitely uh looking at the can makes me think of like um black satin posters i mean not satin black what was that Uh, velvet velvet there you go black velvet posters that glowed in the dark (laughs) (laughs) it looks like something that would be on like a hippie women's like overflowing skirt yes yeah to, for sure to me it reminds me of being like in one of those dreams where like a, you're turning the kaleidoscope oh, oh yeah yay. and you're just like whoa so <laughs> that can artistry coupled with uh the name clear and present dankness Right away made me think that this was some kind of like marijuana infused <laughs> beer. 
Um, it isn't. It actually is a beer that is a collaboration between two breweries, um, Modern Times Brewery, uh, which is located in San Diego, and also Cellar Maker Brewing Company, which is in San Francisco. Ooh. So um, they have come together to collaborate to make this limited can release so limited that it's only going to be um, brewed and released this one time. Exactly. Oh. You have to stand in the line to get it. So I'd like to shout out Compton Eric for hooking us up once again. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it is an American IPA. Uh, it's a 7% ABV. And um, it is... Uh, I think I read that it, it had like some like fruity undertones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but we definitely we're gonna give it a taste and we'll let you guys know well what we think. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So with a name like Claire and Present Dankness, as soon as I smell it, oh my gosh, my nose hits my uh, salivary gland <laughs> and my mouth just started watering. The smell of this is just so like the IPA, the hoppiness, that smell that that beer drinkers just totally know when they smell an IPA. Uh, that's what's coming out of my glass right now and it's, it's just it smells <laughs> like it's going to taste really good. That's actually the first, that I, that's how I realized this was an IPA. I can yeah. now smell IPA. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, ladies. <laughs> mm. Oh, wow. Oh, I really like this. Okay, so, I think we had another IPA uh, that we drank not too long ago that we were like, this is an IPA that you can get in trouble with. Um, I think that was from, um, not Smog City, but, uh, I, oh, I can't. I Monkish. Don't it was from Monkish. Okay, I can't yeah. remember, but I. But this reminds me of that. Yeah. In that, um, there is that very strong um, IPA flavor in the beginning that is unmistakable, but it really peters out towards the end, and it it really um, lends way to all those like fruity flavors that uh, it was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I like that really bitter. It kind of bites you in at the end, and it lingers. I like that. And how does it taste with candy? <laughs> I was gonna yeah. <laughs> so I was um uh, licking a lollipop, um, um and not that kind of lollipop. <laughs> and um, I kind of want to swirl the lollipop in the beer. <laughs> wow. So, uh, that, but that I don't know if that's like. Uncouth. <laughs> uh, or the not. beer police will come and The beer you. police is going to come and arrest her. Arrest her officer. She stuck candy in her beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a five year old. Um, <laughs> enablers. Y'all giving beer to a five year old. Like, oh. <laughs> but, anyways, um, surprisingly, I was able to distinguish the. Fruity undertones, yeah, immediately mm-hmm. because I think of my lollipop. Oh, like, uh, oh my, I didn't even realize you're, like, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so like I actually kind of like that, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm licking my lollipop a little bit right now. Um, but like, um, what with that like little bit of sweet, thanks to my lollipop, is I was able to like immediately tell like those fruits. It was pretty good. The only thing is that I can take the the bitterness. Afterwards, yeah, a bit stronger. <laughs> oh, okay. so that's why I was kind of like going, 
a little bit towards the end. I was just like, do I like that or do I not? And I am going to say that I kind of do now. I do kind of like, I think I can now appreciate like the bitter tang, not only in the IPAs, but also like in most beers. Because that's what, that was my major hang up with most beers is that they were like bitter. Like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not like a pleasant bitter. But that was, that was really good. It really throws in like, into focus like the the tartness mm-hmm. and like the the fruits and like the citrus flavors at first and then it goes into bitter and it makes me want to drink more because I want to taste the fruit again <laughs> even and to wash away the bitterness. <laughs> um I I sense a bit of pineapple in this. Mm-hmm. Do you guys mm-hmm. sense that too? Yeah. Yes. Um very tropical fruit um taste on my palate. I taste pineapple, um also some mango a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna take your picture and send it to the yeah. beer police. Send it, send it to the beer police. Yeah. I am committing a crime. I like the color too. It's a really it's clear one. Yeah, it, it's it's. Oh, holy shit! Yeah. Not really. It's hazy, kind of. It's not clear, but it's way lighter than I would say, like a, a not. I don't want to say normal IPA, but I mean, this is an American IPA, so. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not drinking all my beer with candy. Look at it. Oh, and it, and the, well, she swirled her candy into her beer, and it gave it head again. I know. I <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, 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 I was going to mention that. I did, uh, yeah. Definitely. It's interesting. It's, it's I'm interesting. sorry. As soon as you said gave it head again, I was. I thought a different thing. <laughs> That's actually like... um. Don't shit on it, but it actually tastes really, really <laughs> good. This is this is what I'm gonna be permanently doing from now on. So, we're sorry uh, that it is a limited can release, uh, and that that means you might not necessarily be able to track it down. But like uh, Sarah has said in the past, there's tons of groups that are out there that do exchanges and and specifically buy cans to exchange with other people uh, from all over the country so um keep an eye out for if uh, any of you are members uh, in any of those types of groups for sweet or not sweet <laughs> queer <laughs> and present dankness excellent so what do you guys rate this i'm gonna give it a full it's pretty good um this honestly it we poured it and it sat here for a little while before we drank it so it was uh, it was not as cold as i prefer my ipas Mm-hmm. Um, but I can picture myself on a hot summer day sipping this or having it with barbecue. Um, I it definitely, uh, I would drink it again. And, um, I, yeah, I give it a full. Yeah, I think it's a really great summer beer. Um, it's really refreshing. Um, I had a hangover before starting <laughs> this episode, but this really has cleared my head. So I feel better. It's like dog. <laughs> so I'm just thinking that it's like for me, it's like good medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a full as well. Okay. Um, I've I've been um, pleasantly surprised by like. Um, Monkish's releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's uh, just falls a little bit under that, but but overall, it's a really great beer. Yeah, I love Monkish. So just a reminder before Jen gives her rating, um, our rating scale um, at the very bottom is flaccid, then goes to <laughs> initial, then grows to partial, and then from there on to full, and then on the top is rigid, and then it if it's 
super super amazing like the beer we had uh the the sticky monkey last time Holy um yeah, it's super good. saiyan <laughs> exactly that was oh my gosh i never thought i'd get to a super saiyan yeah. but <laughs> i am very I, wow Dude, so jen what is your rating well uh tbh without the lollipop i would have given it a partial mm-hmm. but because of the lollipop i'm gonna give it a full because i really do like it's this. so interesting how um Beer can, just like wine, easily be paired with food to enhance the certain qualities mm, that it right. has. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Jen pairing it with her uh, with her multicolored swirl lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think like a chilindrina lollipop, except smaller. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're giving it... Um, Two fulls and a partial. Two fulls and a partial. Great. All right, girls, what are we reviewing today? Well, today, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. we are going back to the Wonder Woman movie. During our last episode, we all had seen it, and we really wanted to get into it more than we really had time for. So we decided to come back and um, really give it the attention that it deserves and so today, there isn't going to be a comic um, or a trade. We're going to review Wonder Woman, the movie. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and just so you guys know, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. <laughs> so uh, so um, if you haven't seen the movie, I apologize. But if you have, maybe you can chime in and let us know what your favorite parts were. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. <laughs> I just had to do that out loud. We're also going to be throwing back to um, uh, our one of the second books that we reviewed, George Perez's Wonder Woman. So we're not all too far from the marker. All right. Um, and I read um, Wonder Woman, The New 52 Blood, um, just to kind of like get a sense of the comic book Wonder Woman all over again alongside with the... Um, with the movie version. Oh, okay. so. I've never read that one. I've never read any New 52 Wonder Woman, so I'm, with, I'm definitely interested to hear um, specifically what you think with regards to what you read there um, as uh, opposed to what we read with George Perez. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> to start off with, um, I was really, um, first of all, I love the movie. Hands down, yeah. I loved it. Um, I've seen it, I believe, three times. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. nice, nice. I know, but it, it was so far back that yeah. I forgot a few things. But yeah. I really loved it. I cried, I believe, three or four times during the movie mm-hmm. in certain scenes. Um, they did go with the storyline. They did go uh, New 52 on this movie uh, mm-hmm. simply by saying that um, instead of uh, Diana, which is Wonder Woman, being uh, made out of clay and brought to life by Aphrodite, mm-hmm. they went with... Uh, that she was the um, offspring of Zeus and Hippolyta. Is is it Hippolyta or Hippolyta? Well, you guys know the Queen <laughs> of the Amazon. <laughs> so they went with that storyline, which I found pretty interesting. You know, um, I what what I find interesting. They did mention the being made of clay uh, in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was like a nice shout out to like fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did mention it, um, and it made me kind of realized uh, and I, w- I had this conversation with my husband after we saw the movie that um, even when I read in the books that they said she was made of clay and that when the mom came and told her she was made of clay in my mind I just saw it as something as something that 
it, I saw it like kind of equivalent to how uh, American culture we tell kids that the stork the stork yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um, I never uh, not that I never really fully believed it but I always wondered was that just a story that was made up that they wanted to tell her because at the time she was a kid she mm-hmm. she they didn't want to go into the whole and maybe she didn't want to go into who actually who was her father mm-hmm. so whenever I see that um, version I always just wonder like maybe that's just what they told her so yeah. anyway <laughs> which, which, which actually <laughs> turns out to be exactly as you say yes. it was yeah. the story they told her um, Diana is the we, we have the opening opening sequence in the movie where she, she it's present day and she gets a photograph by uh, Bruce Wayne, um, and then it takes her back to the yeah. memory of when that picture was taken, which is during World War One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the things we see is that she goes. We see her as she's growing up in the Mascara. The Mascara. Thank you. <laughs> and um, but you know, to me, that story about the clay always to me that seemed like. It's sort of when when they told me she, it wasn't the truth, yeah, and it wasn't how she became to be. Yeah, it was like telling me that there's no Santa Claus <laughs> for me. I just felt like what? What, what do you know? Um, and if you notice, Diana is the only child on an mm-hmm. island full of women. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was super awesome. That was some of my favorite scenes in the movie. Were with the Amazons oh, uh, yeah. training. Um, all of them looked very strong and powerful. All of them looked like amazing. Yeah. Just uh, really empowered. Um, I felt that there was no like cattiness. There was no like, mm-hmm. which is a thing that they do do in the New 52 uh, when Wonder Woman returns to the mascara. The mm-hmm. mascara. <laughs> okay, you guys are going to have to forgive me for that. I'm just going to say Paradise Island. But she, <laughs> she returns to Paradise Island. Um, she recalls how she finds out that her father is Zeus from uh, from an affair that Hippolyta had with Zeus and that, you know, she be, she came to be from that affair. Um, but she remembers growing up a lot of the uh, a lot of the other Amazons with color clay mm-hmm. as kind of like like a taunting. So she kind of felt like her whole life was a lie, whereas in the movie, it, they seem so empowered that they don't really, Yeah. I mean, there's discipline and a lot of, you know, work goes into this, but there, I, didn't, I didn't see or have a feeling of anybody talking down to anyone else. It yeah. seems like they all had their jobs to do, and um, they were all, you know, pretty much happy. Right, mm-hmm. which is um, something that I really... Um, really stands out to me when I do read Wonder Woman stories that um, I don't particularly like and I definitely have read some of those um, the way that one the, comes to mind <laughs> the one that the writers write the interactions between the women um, and what I think a lot of people don't really understand is that a lot of cattiness um, that, that's the term that comes to mind a lot of cattiness and that that happens between women a lot of times happen around the um, around the women really vying for men's attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and 
And that's so, not how it works, man. And so that's what I don't like when I see that being that being written um, within any comic book, honestly, mm-hmm. but specifically in uh, in a book where uh, on an island full of women that that's just assumed that the way women treat each other and behave. Yeah, that the women are catty by nature. Yeah, or something like that. Yes, yeah. that it's in it's in our genes yeah. and we're born that way. Like, oh, it's a, you know, island full of women. There's going to be drama, period, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, but it, it, it's all really, it's cultural. It's our, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to say just uh, here in the United States. I mean, it happens in, in uh, other cultures. But I think that it's um, it's just a, it's a gender role thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like many things in um, uh, in popular culture when they try to say like this is a thing this is how it is that's how people are it's not it's a um, uh, it's a social construct um, uh, made because like the whole like like gender isn't gender isn't real it's a social construct right race isn't real it's a social construct and like so like so many other things so is all these uh, characteristics that are thrust upon women right. that uh, that people like they're like oh no that's just how they are no, yeah it's been reinforced time i'll just tell you now that. it's all bs <laughs> women are supposed to be caring and nurturing oh, that's, no, how, man, that's how no. we're brought up to be let me tell you my husband's been sick for the last three days and i'm just like you know what you go in the bedroom you stay away if you're dying yell but otherwise i'm gonna be out here watching tv and re- <laughs> don't bother me <laughs> Uh, the whole like oh women just naturally want to have kids let me tell you that oh, is yeah. a firm no on my part <laughs> um, uh, and definitely a firm no maybe 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 <laughs> when I'm like 30 I might want to but uh, this was further reinforced on Sunday when Pokemon was happening <laughs> and um, I I cannot I cannot <laughs> deal with children I I I will I'll be I will be nice. I won't I won't treat them bad. I won't like I won't be rude or mean to them because they're kids. They kids yeah. are gonna do what kids do. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, as I said before, I firmly believe they're minor chaos demons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But I can I cannot put up with them more than an extended period of time, and I am always so relieved when their parents come. Yeah. Like just like oh God, please come take your child. Yeah. Take your yeah. Child. So not to say that women who do want children or women who are very nurturing and caring that it's all just you know fake or whatever but it's not all women it's Mm -hmm. not it's that's not a generalized thing that can be put upon all women and have it be true yeah so i just think that um when i saw all of the women uh, on tv and just the way that they were all working together and how they and even in uh george perez's book Mm -hmm. um i just I loved that, and I really loved the way that it was portrayed in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I specifically love the way they were portrayed portrayed in the movie because there was no cattiness. I mean, you know, there was if there were arguments, it was not something that that was all going out of you know, like um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it was an argument. Like it, it was civilized. It, yeah. it was. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is civilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that all the women on Paradise Island um, had uh, accents and I love that um, there was a mention of them actually speaking more than a hundred languages yeah. which is why I think they have an accent mm-hmm. and I think the consistency of having an accent throughout the movie especially how um, Wonder Woman has an accent yeah. it, it makes sense uh-huh. I love that um, 
Um, I love the scenes. They were sh- they were filmed in Italy, and it just looks freaking gorgeous. Yeah, it was amazing. I also cried many times throughout the movie, and I I really didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the movie. Knowing that it was going to be a Wonder Woman movie and knowing that it was really cool that it was the first female um, driven uh, superhero movie and that uh, it was focusing on um, many different uh, women, female characters, um, you know, her mother and, excuse me, all the rest of the Amazons. Mm -hmm. And um, when I saw on the big screen the very first uh, quote-unquote battle scene when oh my God, when the yes. boats uh, come through the fog and they're looking for, um, was it the submarine or something? Or they were looking for Steve Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> but were they in a submarine when they came or they were just in Steve boats? Trevor. They no, were in boats. Oh. No, they were, yeah, they were in new boats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, did, who, what did I say? Steve Trevor? You said Steve Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. Dude, what is wrong with that? There's a lot of Steves in comic books, you guys. Yes. Like, this is legit. Like, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a lot of Steves. There's a lot of redheads. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but as soon as they just started battling and the the shooting the bows and riding the horses and I... I mean, I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, my God, me too. It just felt so amazing. Yes, it The did. whole scene was super amazing. It was. I um, was in utter awe. Of yes. That I didn't start crying until <laughs> Antiope's. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, until Antiope's. And, and I was just like, no. I know. I was like, no, yeah. I know. I totally gasped at yeah. that moment. But just the sheer awesomeness of all of those freaking kick-ass women and it was women of all shapes sizes colors mm-hmm. um and, yes. and just to see that on the big screen was so emotional for me and i didn't expect that um and so i i just uh that was my first of many <laughs> crying spells uh throughout the whole entire movie and most of them ironically most of them were in battle scenes mm-hmm. oh absolutely i agree with that um um, I guess seeing women in battle, like like actual combat, yeah. it was it's just such a moving experience mm-hmm. for me. I think um, I'm not sure why, but it just it feels so different than when I see uh, the <coughs> their, their male counterparts uh, in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, um, it's been 12 years since there has been a movie that was made with a uh, female lead superhero, and the, that 12 years ago it was Elektra. Um, oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure no one wants no to one remember that Right, movie. right. Um, and uh, director Patty Jenkins is also the second female, care, uh, female director to direct a comic book movie, the first being... Um, was Alexia Alexandra who directed Punisher uh, Warzone. Oh, okay. So I've never seen the Punisher. I've never movie. either. God, girls, I'm, really? Yeah. I know it's on Such Netflix. Violent. I see those Warzone uh, single issues all the time in our 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have nostalgia value yes. for a lot of our yeah. customers. Yeah. That one and the Spawn movie as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would tell, knowing more about Punisher now, um, after 
after reading comics and also after learning about his character in the Daredevil um, TV show, mm-hmm. I totally would be interested in going back and watching that movie. All I know is the guy who played him was hot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's all we need to know, really. I didn't even know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 you know what? What was really striking to me was not only I mean they all fought, including the queen when she yeah. um, mm-hmm. when she takes out her sword and and yes. jumps off her her horse and she does this twirl where she kind of like takes like a bunch of them out yeah. that was like amazing the moment me. that gave me chills I was just like oh my god this is literally the best thing I've ever seen was when Antiope shoots her three hours oh yeah. my god and then at the same time I was, like, <laughs> I was just all like she's vain yeah. she's vain yeah. she, she owns my ass and I will like die for her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then she died and then I was just like damn it. yeah and you know what um you know, a lot of people love that character, and I think it would be really great if they can go back and do like a prequel where we just stay in yeah. the mascara. And of course, we won't see battle scenes, but maybe we can, I don't know, something going on. That would be that'd be super cool for me. I yeah. would love to see that, where we can revisit all these wonderful Amazons once again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, after that, of course, Steve Trevor. Um, well, there's a. There's a fighting, uh, a battle, not a battle, but a kind of like, a, I guess, a, you know, I, I think when um, when uh, Wonder Woman, uh, when she did that, that power thing with her, with her wrist. The training scene. Yeah, the training scene. Mm-hmm. Um, was that, was that, I, I'm confused, is that what caused the, 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 um, the cloaking to kind of fail on the island and that's why Steve Rogers came towards the island? Or? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, it, he just literally like fell. Just fell. Yeah. And it just happened to be within within the, the, okay, the, cloaking. the, the cloaking of um, uh, Themyscira. Mm-hmm. And that's why the people who were um, uh, the Germans who were looking for Steve Trevor's plane didn't even see the boat. They yeah. were in like a foggy mist and they're like, we can't see anything should we turn around kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they kept going forward. Oh, you're right. They saw, the, they saw some plane wreckage and then they finally like went through the barrier yeah and right. that was actually another one of my favorite scenes was when um was when uh diana was training and she fights against her aunt antiope and yeah it's just that was moving as yeah. well to me when antiope just takes her you think a fight is fair it's like never let your guard down that was like yeah so moving to me i was just like oh my god that's and it was one that it was a scene that we saw in the trailers but the full impact of it didn't hear me until i was seeing it and i was mm-hmm. just like <laughs> right? Oh my god, so awesome. And another scene that made me cry was when she was leaving the island. And she was talking to her mom, and her mom says, You are my greatest joy, yeah. but today you are my greatest sorrow. Yeah. And I was just like, I started crying again. I did oh, too. Me too. I started crying again on that scene because, like, that is literally, like, my number one fear yeah. is, like, like, causing my mother pain. And it was like it hit so close to home. I was basically like, "Don't look at me." Which is <laughs> like, I'm a sobbing mess. Don't look at me. No, but that's absolutely true. And that actually, I think that hit hits close to home for a lot of women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I I also felt a lot of a pang of pain. Like, dude, mom, but. I can't help it if it caused you pain because I'm leaving and I have to because I have to leave the net. But, but it's just that scene and what she said was so amazing. I thought mm-hmm. that was really great. Um, yes, Wonder Woman does decide to go with Steve Trevor to the land of man because Steve Trevor tells the Amazons under while he's um, 
under the, the I guess, the influence of the Golden Lasso yeah. that there is a war to end all wars and um, and it's like the biggest war on earth and blah, blah. So uh, she thinks it's Ares right. and she's going after Ares in order to, you know, stop man from being at war mm-hmm. because men, she feels, or humankind uh, is kind um, is kind and loving yes. and not, you know, hateful and spiteful and cruel, which, you know, we know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought that was really cool. Um, but she's also right. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we just have so many ranges. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, uh, sh- it's kind of funny because she has this kind of naive uh, sense yes. into going into this mm-hmm. war. And one of the things I want to say about uh, her naivete in the movie is that it was done so well. Yes. It oh was my done God. so well um, because when when writers have done it in comics, that was one of my biggest, biggest issues with some of the books that um, I've read where they write Wonder Woman as not naive, but like... A dumb? dumb blonde. Oh mm-hmm. man! And really? it's so frustrating. Oh, stop fire! Oh. <laughs> yes, oh, but I didn't. I didn't yes, I agree. Oh, also, God. yes, uh, the the Starfire, um, the the most recent Starfire uh, storyline. When I ha- I had never read any Starfire. I didn't read any Teen Titans. I didn't know anything about her. And I just started reading um, the most recent, which was like has been two years ago. Um, and I just, I read like three issues, like I can't go farther. The way that they are writing this woman, I understand she's an alien mm-hmm. um, and that she doesn't, you know, know quote unquote man's world. But there's a difference between n- n- being naive of things and just being dumb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, it comes off as so condescending. Yes, so no, condescending. So condescending. And any time it happens, I'm just like, you can tell a fucking man wrote this. Like, 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 <laughs> calm, calm down. This isn't. Yes, this and, isn't and how it it is. this is always women characters that it that. So the this the trope of um, fish out of water type uh, uh, storyline happens with both female and male characters. Mm-hmm. But when it's a when a female character, the woman is always written as just being dumb. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it comes across and it's just it's one of my big pet peeves and it's so frustrating and it's not what happened in this movie at all. At all. And mm-hmm. I highly, highly, highly um, believe that it's due to the fact of having a female director. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, you know, she is a human or an Amazon, um, so there's a certain, uh, she's read many books. They have an mm-hmm. extensive library, as far as I know, in Themyscira, but um, she still has that kind of the little thing, sort of like uh, when she tastes um, ice cream ice for the first cream. time, mm-hmm. which is a scene that was taken from a comic book. Um, I'm not sure which story, but that scene does appear in a comic book about Wonder Woman somewhere out there but I, I love that I love that they they, they kept it um, it's innocent yet she's she's a complex character she's yeah. not dumb and yeah. mm-hmm. she's passionate mm-hmm. and she's strong and she has conviction and I love the way that characters that she's interacting with leave her with something and she's growing as, yeah. a, as a person yeah. um, I love it mm-hmm. I love it I think um, Seeing her at the beginning of the movie in present day, and then seeing her as her origins, I thought there was a big difference. 
mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's just like so many things about it, the movie that I love. But uh, we got to touch upon that No Man's Land scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. Was, that was like a religious experience. Well, before we get to that, I just want to talk about how she just, from the moment she steps foot onto um, onto land, mm-hmm. she just wants to go to war. She's yeah. like, take me to war. I, I want and, mm-hmm. and it's just, I, I think it's really worth mentioning the way that she was treated by all the men. Absolutely. When she tried yes. to, when she tried to um, ask questions, when she tried to, um, you know, talk about war, and when she tried to talk about, you know, what she believed and how she thought that she was going to help. And I just really, really, um, I, I, I'm happy that uh, that was portrayed, and I really hope that people saw that and didn't just blow it off but to actually like internalize that and to think about how even in this day that was you know back in the what was it 30s 1914 1914 remember we oh yeah uh, (laughs) not spoiler alert but like uh, fyi i literally until this day (laughs) i thought this movie was set in world war ii and I'm going to firmly blame this on the fact that they played Edith Piaf, uh, Non Je um, in the soundtrack. And I was just like, World War II, Edith Piaf. Everybody knows this. <laughs> so I'm just like, and uh, no, apparently it's set in World War One. Yeah. And I felt like a fool. <laughs> well, I don't know history, apparently. Either, so. <laughs> um, so. It's not just the fact that that's how women were treated back then, but that's how women are treated now in a lot of um, respects. You know, a lot of times it's it's not um, just us blowing smoke when we say that, you know, we have to speak louder, we have to speak more often, we have to fight to be heard a lot of times, especially as in the case of uh, the scenes in Wonder Woman, when we are the sole female amongst a group of men. Just to add on to that sentiment you're um, focusing on, like you said, as soon as she stepped out out of that boat, I mean, just the soldiers and the the men on the street were like, Yep. whistling yep. and uh, kind of like cooing yep. and catcalling mm-hmm. or whatever you guys call it. I mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, and I thought that was so freaking rude. I mean, mm-hmm. just like... But so freaking realistic. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, as soon... I mean, you know, first of all, she did get a lot of like second glances because she is a beautiful woman right. and she was wearing this right. <laughs> awesome gear. Um I love the scene where she's like, oh, baby, because she's never seen one. Yeah. But, um, but you're right. Uh, when she goes on to the meeting and she steps in, like, you know, she, like, uh, because she had no restrictions on the yeah. mascara. So she, you know, yeah. she, she doesn't know anything about uh-huh. this being, like, oh, only a man's mm-hmm. uh, meeting or whatever. And, yes, that's right. I mean, and, and I love the fact that it was her who deciphered the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because she knows over 100 languages, guys. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But, uh, yeah, they're like, who is this woman? Yeah. And, and I loved her first uh, her first meeting with Etta Candy when, um, when oh my Steve 
describes to Diana what a secretary is, and she's like, well, where I come from, those are slaves. <laughs> yeah, that's not slavery, yeah. And Etta Candy, oh my God, did you guys love her? I totally loved yeah, her. Yeah, I so cute. I loved her. I wish that we could have seen a little bit more about of her. Um, yeah. Etta Candy in, um, in the George Perez... Uh, she she uh, she was a character in the George Perez yes. um, um, book, and she was an Air Force captain. So he yeah. kind of uh, he kind of gave her a bigger ranking in in his book, which is great uh, because then there was Robert Kaninger, a writer and editor at, of Adventures of Wonder Woman, and he portrayed Etta as insecure, weight conscious, and he, she would be like a follower and not a leader. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was horrible. She developed the yeah. eating disorder in the comic book. I mean, come on, really, guys? And Morrison, uh, who wrote uh, Wonder Woman, uh, was it Earth Earth One? Um, uh, yeah, N- yeah, was it Wonder Woman Earth One. Earth One. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. I try to block this out. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, he portrayed <laughs> her as a sorority president. What? She went. She didn't go anywhere without her little pom pom cheerleading skirt. Um, wow! And it it was. I didn't. That was my first introduction to um to Etta mm-hmm. and and her character. And so I I didn't really have anything to compare her to. Um and so I didn't know whether or not that was true to character or, like, what had been written before. But I just have to tell you, once I read George Perez and I saw how he portrayed uh, Etta and mm-hmm. how he put her in a um, a leadership role and position yeah. and gave her so much um, just credence just in the military and just, mm-hmm. you know, her, her um, the way that she just really took worked charge of everything. and took charge, it mm-hmm. was just... I loved it, and it made me very, very m- more so um, annoyed with the Grant Morrison portrayal. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, I do love her portrayal in the um, uh, in um, uh, in the movie. Yes. But I like again, they made her a secretary again. Yeah. I was just all like, mm. I loved her portrayal in the movie too, but I really wish they would have gone with a more military. Um, but again, we mm-hmm. were in World War One, uh, so. But they were women spies. That's in, true. Yeah, in World sort War of one. like uh, that one Marvel. What was her name? Uh, Agent Carter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Agent Carter. Yeah, she could have totally yeah. been that. That was the World War Two, but even then, okay. like, you're <laughs> 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 <I'm a laughs> But even even then, like there was like there's actual historical yes. accounts of women who were spies during yes. World War One, and it's just like they, like. They were respected. I think that Etta definitely, um, she was, uh, I I definitely have no qualms with saying that she was a feminist, Mm -hmm. but she was a feminist within her, um, I think, cultural role. Yeah, within Mm -hmm. the role that she had to play with where women, I mean, there was even, there was a scene where they were walking by a group of women who were suffragettes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, within her role and what she, she knew that she could do she i think she she worked it so that she was able to be within a certain realm of like having information um mm-hmm. but knew that if she was a little bit more too overboard she wouldn't have that information because they wouldn't allow her in there anymore so she worked mm-hmm. within her parameters the, the best she could i mean it, and if you notice that scene in the alley um where etta sees a kind of a 
you know, like a dark kind of uh, character, yeah. and then she follows up on that, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. she comes in, and she actually ends up kind of rescuing the day after, you know, mm-hmm. after, yeah, um, because uh, she she went on her instinct. I mean, she, the yeah. woman is intelligent; yeah. she's not yeah. just you know a pretty girl, a pretty yeah. face. Uh-huh. And, and, and it was said in the in the in the, um, in the movie that she went to college. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I missed that, or I didn't remember that. But you can also tell that Steve respects her. Absolutely. Yes, and I definitely. think that um, is also something that stood out to me, and that I was so happy that they did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because that goes a long she way. She wasn't just the quote-unquote secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and it's she's his right hand, yes. basically, mm-hmm. yes. and that goes a long way as how you see and how a character can develop and so the Sephiroth and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun fact on the New Fifty Two, Eddie Candy is African American. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, she's young and ambitious. Nice. Yeah. Oh. I need to go back and read some some. Uh, New 52? New 52, yeah. <laughs> I, I started reading Rebirth, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't read far enough uh, to a point where we would meet Etta yet, I don't think, exactly. when it first started. Um, so basically, um, we find out that in the meeting, that meeting, they, they're not going to follow up on the information they got from... Um, um, Steve Trevor. Right. On <laughs> I have to look at my notes. Before I call him Steve Rogers. Um, uh, they, they're not going to follow up on the book and the information they got on Dr. Poison, and that's mm-hmm. very upsetting because, I mean, he went through a lot of trouble, and um, mm-hmm. and they feel that it's a good lead. Can I just say, too, that I was super surprised that the main villain was a woman. Yeah. I, I didn't expect that. I don't know true, why. True. I just I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe not because it was a villain, but also this is this is a um, a, a smart scientist. Oh, oh absolutely! Yeah, From back in the 1910. Yeah. And so um, I, that really surprised me in a good way that they mm-hmm. went in that direction. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Doctor Poison is a is a real um, uh, Wonder Woman villain. Yes. yes. And was it a man in the? No, comics, actually, or you know the. Woman? I thought it was really interesting in the comics. Uh, um, she's a gender ambiguous uh, doctor. Interesting. Which uh, she wears the you know the scientific kind of like uh, like lab coat stuff. Yeah, lab uh-huh. coat stuff okay. and a mask, uh, so she you can't really tell uh-huh. what she is. But um, she ends up being an Asian princess, Princess Maru. Um, and uh, she's she, uh, it's, she she comes out as a character in World War Two, um, but then of course there's a lot of revamping of these characters, and um, she ends up being Dr. Maru, a Caucasian daughter of, of a pair of Russian scientists. Okay, um, so if I would have read more, I wouldn't have been shocked if I would actually have uh, read more Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the rebirth, uh, she's a colonel, Colonel Marina Maru, a Japanese soldier working in an organization oh, okay. called po- Poison. Um, but I really, I, I love that she's a woman, and I love that there's a history behind yeah. this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I would have hoped that they, they went with the sexual ambiguous, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cooler. But I, I guess they wanted to really hone in the fact that she is a woman mm-hmm. and she is a villain mm-hmm. and she is an intelligent woman that is uh, is a key character in turning, you know, this, uh, this war situation, mm-hmm. which sure. I thought was great. Although, having said that, I don't like the fact that she's so... Um, 
she's so submissive to this uh, General Luden, Ludendorff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't like that. Yeah. I, I felt she could have been more powerful. Mm-hmm. She was definitely the brains behind the outfit. Right, she was yeah. Just, she was just the mouth, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would have definitely would have really enjoyed her being a more of a vocal, hard bigger presence yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is when Steve actually tries to turn on his charms to go and talk to her, she kind of starts to fall for it a little bit until she sees that he's looking at Diana. He takes the sexy lamp roll. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> sexy lamp. <laughs> yes. But the fact that they actually, like, oh, okay, just a, a, once a man just gives a woman attention, even if it's a super genius supervillain, she's just going to fall into a puddle of of uh, mush into uh, on the floor. That that was a little annoying to me. Well, TBH, Chris Pine came up to me and <laughs> said sweet words. I'd be like, oh, well, please keep going. Yeah. <laughs> lie to me some more. I don't care. <laughs> tell me those sweet lies. <laughs> tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, totally. <laughs> Chris Pine. <laughs> so I'm not going to pin too much blame on her. Right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a bit disappointing, but still, a good character I really I would definitely cosplay her only because she has that cool cool prosthetic on her face it's like a porcelain mask right it was so cool I thought yes I could do that I need goggles I need a a mask Mm -hmm. and uh, you know just gloves it'll be fine (laughs) so um, yeah that was really interesting um um so where are we in the story yet? So they they actually go ahead and he gathers uh, some men some yeah. of these seedy, a team, a team, a seedy <laughs> team of men um, to, to actually go against orders and uh, pursue the I- I- intel information he got from um, Dr. Maru, Dr. Poison's book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really like a, a hodgepodge uh, team of misfits, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I thought that was cool. I, I would like to see a little bit more... Um, on the comic side of stuff, I'd, I'd really like to read a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, more about that team if that is actually a story that has been written. Yeah. And the team itself, there was a spy, a sharpshooter, and a smuggler. And yes. uh, can like I? Can I? I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. can I just say that moment where the smuggler speaks in Spanish to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman? Now it's just like. Yeah. Sexy, man. Yeah. Sexy <laughs> when you just talk Spanish. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> yes. The smuggler or was it the spy? The smuggler. Wasn't he the smuggler? The, the, the smuggler was um, uh, the Native American. Okay. The spy then. The spy. It was yes. the spy who... Who um uh, who instantly fell in love with her and was flirting with her. Yeah, yeah that one, that one, and they were speaking in many languages. Yeah, yes. but yeah. when they spoke Spanish, I was like, I don't need to read the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And just a little bit of information: the smuggler, whose name is Chief, uh, and who is played by um, what was his name? Sorry. Uh, but I you know what? Right I, while you're looking that up, I thought it was really uh, interesting the fact that a lot of Native American people came out and said that they were really happy to see on the big screen, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. a, a really authentic portrayal of, yes. of uh, their yeah. culture, especially the language and how he um, introduced himself to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, they they caught on uh, a little bit of a backstory that we did not catch up. Yeah. audience, and I thought that was cool. Okay, so Chief's um, uh, actor is Eugene Brave Rock, 
And Keith himself, which if those of you who do not speak Blackfoot, which yeah. is a <laughs> which, which is, is a native <laughs> which is a Native American um um, um, um group uh, that Eugene Braybrook is part of, and that is uh, Blackfoot itself is spoken by around eight thousand people uh, in Montana and Alberta, Canada. Um, they um uh, Keith is a demigod himself. Mm-hmm. He wow. is Nappy the Raven Trickster God. Mm. And he is who um uh, he is who introduces himself he introduces himself as himself, yeah. as Nappy to uh Wonder Woman and uh Tibbet she is the only one she shakes hands with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was one that was like really super cool. And uh literally the only reason I was we were able to know this was because Eugene Brave Rock confirmed it and a lot of Native Americans Realized this when they were watching the movie. Right. And they also did not have to uh, look yeah. at yeah. 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 even though there wasn't any. There wasn't was the anything. only time when they spoke a different language. That there was no that wasn't a subtitle, yeah. and that just made it more intimate. Yeah, right. Like yeah. more like like I'm I'm sharing a part of myself with you, and you are sharing a yeah. part with me, and it remains a secret. Yeah, and right. I thought that was so cool. I was just like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't even realized that they didn't subtitle it. I was uh, mm-hmm. I had just. Like taking it, like, mm-hmm. I, and I was just like, damn, like, shit, like. Yeah, I noticed it. Oh, and the second time I saw the movie, because I'm like, I want to know what he said, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wait, there's no subtitles. Mm-hmm. And then I read on a Twitter uh, post uh, that there were some people that were like really happy with that. Uh, interaction because yeah. they were able to understand as Native Americans and I was like whoa this has so many layers of awesomeness yeah mm-hmm. I was like really impressed with that and, and I really um, I really thought that it was impressive as well that um, that the director let him actually choose the clothing that he was going to wear in character because she wanted it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. She wanted it to, to come from um, from him uh, with the, the perspective of being culturally um, correct. Mm-hmm. When I saw it, at first I was just like, what is a cowboy doing in London? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got that too. Mm-hmm. I, I I overall the 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 gang of misfits, the this group of uh, of people that are going to help Steve Trevor get across the border with, yeah, I said arrest Steve Trevor. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, across the border with Wonder Woman. Um, um, I love them. I I I yes. I, yeah. I love their yeah. interaction. I do too. I, I love the uh, the moments they had with Wonder Woman. I thought it was really beautiful. And they each also had their own individual moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they each had their strengths and they each had their weaknesses. And they they I think they did a good job of uh, portraying those and. Um, including them into the way that the story flowed. Um, and just to mention, what that's one of my favorite parts, too, is that interaction that um, Wonder Woman has with um, the sharpshooter, sharpshooter, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the uh, uh, sniper, what, I'm not sure what you call him, but... Sharpshooter, sniper. Sniper. Um, he suffers from uh, post-traumatic yeah. s- stress disorder, mm-hmm. um, and um, he's having a nightmare, and she goes to comfort him, and he's like... Uh, just get away from me, you know, like, just mm-hmm. kind of upset. I mean, he just had a horrible nightmare. Um, and then uh, when they go into battle, he is unable to do what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, well, you know, I'm no good to you guys. She's, and then she's like, uh, well, that's not true. Who's going to sing to us? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was beautiful because yeah. mm-hmm. instead of her, like, saying, yeah, you kind of suck, 
dude. Uh, she was like, no, let's 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 give him some strength. Let's you know. And mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was amazing. And I, that's one of the things that I like her as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the that movie, kindness. That, that, that kindness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in so little things like that that make her an amazing character mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to uh, No Man's Land. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was shook. I was shook to my core. Oh, I cried in that scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. And, and that's the scene that Patty Jenkins talked about. The um, that they didn't even want to include it. They wanted to cut that scene. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no. That was that that scene is what made that movie for me. Yeah. Like like, like it was already made. Like uh, but like that scene like hammered it like down. I was just like, holy shit. DC has redeemed themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and she, from the beginning, was like, no, this is her defining moment. This is when she becomes Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman. Mm-hmm. in the movie. And um, she, in the article that I read, um, Patty Jenkins was just talking about how um, that uh, uh, the people who wanted to cut it, just they they couldn't see it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. And she just said she knew from the beginning that 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 was uh, the scene that was super super important to keep yeah definitely and it's just like like that's like the significance of it it's no man's land yes. no man has crossed it but all it takes is the one wonder woman one yeah. wonder woman that's right guys <laughs> and um i mean i mean it was just a wonderful scene the slow uh, emerging from the trench uh, the brightness of her colors against the that kind of like dreary background and um mm-hmm. and just for her to take on the battle um and finally put all that Amazon training to use I thought that was magnificent one of my favorite scenes yeah yeah not sure. only that is just the fact that she takes on this hail of bullets she charges mm-hmm. head on even after she, what she saw one do to her aunt yeah. like that's that's brave. Yeah. That's like utterly like amazing. Like she knows what bullets can do, and she still charged head on. Like we don't, we didn't know that her shield would block those bullets. Yeah, she. I don't think she even knew, but she still charged head on. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It <laughs> is really great. I love that part where she's like running into it, mm-hmm. and then they like. I guess one of those big. Uh, I don't know what is it a bomb or whatever those big bulky kind of things, uh, and she just kind of. It hits it with their shield and it just bounces away and I'm just mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> so cool so they you know the, he take, she takes on this uh, no man's land at the trenches they win it over and then they proceed to go to the um, what is it called the village yeah. where they um, where they the village saved, under siege yeah. yeah that was under siege and the cool thing and that's the, the scene where they uh, play the Edith Piaf and uh, they were singing mm, com, 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 confuse me like, <laughs> sorry I started there <laughs> so, yeah, like, that utterly like I was just like oh nope and I thought this thing took tw- place 20 years later yeah. <laughs> um, and the cool thing is uh, because of this scene and because of this battle that they actually won um, and they took the village back um, it's when uh, the sharpshooter guy he actually proceeds to, to sing and um, yeah and Steve says, um, that's the first time I've, I've heard him sing in years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where she hears him sing, and mm-hmm. that's why she says, you know, then who's going to sing for us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that was very, very nice. So what did, okay, what did you guys think about the, the love scene that slowly <laughs> followed that? I, 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 you know, I didn't want to bring it up, but I feel it's, it's, it's important. I have seen now about four interpretations of Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. The first being um, 
Whatever Grant Morrison's was. <laughs> I, I, too, tried to block that out. Um, there was leather and uh, handcuffs. I'll just tell you that. Oh, <laughs> Trevor was black. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, yes. And it was, um, yeah. That's right. No, it, I'm not sighing over the fact that he was black, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Uh, it was the slavery references yeah. afterwards that made it immediate. Yeah. Like the reason why you were able to see that why he was why he was turned black. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, Grant Morrison, you have it was forced. Me. It was definitely forced. It was it was forced. It could have been done more naturally, more like cooler. Uh, but then um, uh, George Perez's Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which is honestly like one of my top faves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we won't spoil who the the relationship. Uh, did we talk about Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Okay. All, right. Yeah. All right. So I guess we already did. But yeah. the, I'll just say Steve and Diana are not romantically connected in George Perez's Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah. It's him and Edda. Him and Edda hook up in this yeah, one. And it's that's like, right. dang. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. Like, right. damn. Like, holy shit. <laughs> and I, I believe in Wonder Woman's uh, Perez... Steve is also older. Yes. He's a lot older and he looks older. And Wonder Woman herself is like old. She's centuries old. But the, again, in this book, she has that, na- that naive. Yeah. Naivet, naivete. Naivete. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it's not condescending. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that is really cool. And it's, um, um, and they have more like a sibling relationship than okay. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is the. Justice League animated version, which oh, they, yeah. which is also very cute in itself. Mm-hmm. And then the the Justice League ends up going back in time, and she runs into Steve Trevor, and she basically helps him. And he basically comments, "Is there just a, like um, a women in underpants is coming to help save you? <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, <laughs> fuck it, fuck it, let's go." And, he, and like he calls her, like like then you can see that there was the potential for romance, but then she had to go back into the future. Uh-huh. Then she hunts him down and. And he's an old man, Aww. and then he says, "I remember you." Oh, wow. And I thought, and that was like so sweet. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that is amazing. I'm gonna oh. cry. Like, <laughs> like I almost cried in that scene. And he was just like, he's like, he's just like, "Hello, beautiful. You haven't changed a day since I last saw you." And I was Aww. just like, "Oh, he yeah. last saw her like 40 years ago." Nice. <laughs> I love, I love those time travel ones. <laughs> yeah, big fan of that. And now, I'm a Patty Jenkins ones, which I did not hate. Yeah. But I was also very hesitant. I was just like, eh. it, it, it endeared me to it, but it wasn't. I, I had kind of hoped that they would go with a George Perez yeah. route, um, uh, of Steve Trevor and uh, Etta Candy, but they did it, and it was, it was sweet. So I was watching the movie the entire time, wondering if they were going to go there. Mm-hmm. And then once they start dancing and you can, you know, kind of see the intimacy growing yeah. and stuff, I was like, okay. I And then I was like thinking they were just going to stop there. But then when he follows her uh, or he stays uh, in, her in her room, I was like, oh, no, because I, I really didn't want it to be all about... Um, a sexual attraction between mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. 
But, um, and, and, and when I came out, that was one of my um, initial critiques of it to my husband. It was like, I felt like that was unnecessary. Yeah. And it didn't need to happen for the, um, for, for the flow of the movie and for story mm-hmm. purposes. I didn't think that it needed to happen. But I, after that, I actually had, you know, read some other reviews and stuff, and they had different takes on it. Um, in that uh, it was uh, the way that uh, some people kind of uh, touched upon it and described it was like it was part of her curiosity. Absolutely of, agree with that. Of her curiosity of entering um, the world of man. Of man and his land. And, and, and they even touch upon the, the sex thing on the boat ride the over. Boat right over. Yeah, mm-hmm. where she's like, I know all about sex. You know, yeah. I'm not dumb. Basically. <laughs> but she told him. Yeah. And so it's this curiosity and also one of the things that as a woman I really get frustrated with is the double standard of men are can be highly sexual and can be interested in having sex and even have multiple partners and that be accepted but as soon as a woman um, admits or even um, celebrates her sexuality she's a slut she's a whore she you know she's not pure mm-hmm. and so when I kind of thought about it in that sense it actually um, made sense, and I wasn't mad at it anymore. Yeah, I'm not mad with it, but I'm just like, yeah, like you said, I'm still kind of with the thought that it wasn't necessary. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of, like, cheapened. Not cheapened, but, like, I was just like, when he, in his final moments, he thought about, like, uh, Diana and, oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to go in that direction, too, um, yeah. that um, it wasn't very, it wasn't like, I like the fact that it didn't drag on throughout the movie, this attraction. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. that they just kind of did it there in that and, snippet. And I'm glad that they didn't show it. It, it mm-hmm. just you was just like, knew. yeah, you yeah, just, just knew, knew it happened. So mm-hmm. that, to me, also... Um, I thought was tastefully done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I do agree with the whole, you know, she's uh, in, new into the world of man. Um, she basically uh, may, maybe felt some attraction and she wanted to kind of like, hey, let's do this because i yeah. never done this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that's how I felt it was. And it wasn't until towards the end of the movie that I saw that, that she actually made a connection with him. And that why that's why that that turning point in the movie at, towards the end had to happen. It had to happen. And what mm-hmm. I loved in connection with her having uh, sex with him, um, I, and then afterwards he starts. He's kind of the one who's like all gaga over her. And yeah. like, well, you know, now uh, you can't do this. You can do that. And I loved that they had that line in there. It just. It slayed me, and it slays me every time I think about it when she tells him, what I do is not up to you. Yeah. I know. Oh and, that was and, the coolest and part. And to me, that was just, like, it, it was a huge thing to have a woman who has had a sexual uh, relationship with a mm-hmm. man not all of a sudden be all about, okay, now I have to acquiesce to what he wants me to do mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm, quote, unquote, his. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was herself throughout the whole thing. Yes. It was he who, who was a little bit like, I mean, even you could even see it throughout the rest of the movie is where he feels protective yes. over her. Yes. And I'm like, dude, she's Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kick back. Step back yeah. a little bit, will you? Like, 
Uh, so I, I thought it was necessary for the turning point in the movie towards the end. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that had to happen. But I'm like you said, I'm glad that they didn't show it. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say, I just remembered the dialogue on the boat when she says that uh, the the, <laughs> the writer of the book that she had been reading about says that men are needed for procreation but not for pleasure. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Girl, you know. <laughs> you know what's up. <laughs> you know what's up. Well, I mean, what do you think these women all by themselves on Themyscira have been doing all this time without men? Of course. They were <laughs> sexual beings. Exactly. I mean, and creating and, fire. And, and, and when... Um, <laughs> when <laughs> When anti anti when she dies, there's one woman who, who runs to her and falls to her knees, and just her reaction, I just assumed that that was her lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's her wife. It's her wife. It's her wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we 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 get to past that point. Uh, they're finally getting to uh, General Ludendorff. Uh, and that's the scene where you see her in that beautiful, magnificent blue dress with the yes. sword in the back. Yes. Sword in her back. I saw the most mm-hmm. amazing cosplayer at Las uh, Vegas, the, the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con uh, last weekend, who was cosplaying uh, that particular uh, costume oh, your in the yes. black, oh uh, in the black, in the blue dress with the sword mm-hmm. uh, hidden in the back, and she was amazing. Um, we, I, I think I still have it. all we can share it on our Instagram and, and on our Facebook. Excellent. Yeah, she looked yeah, amazing. She looked amazing. Yeah, she oh really my god, did. awesome. Um, so we see that scene. Um, at this point, uh, I guess we're getting closer. She thinks he's Aries, and. Uh, yeah, she, she thinks General Ludendorff is Aries. Yeah. Right, and she feels that if he kills him, then it all it, stop. It will all be stop and be restored. Um, this is where we get to uh, see a little bit more of Doctor Poison. Um, it's very interesting. There's uh, they actually release the poison onto the village they had liberated, and that's when Diana yeah. is just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's in tears because you know the whole village was wiped out. Um, yeah, the the village of the people that she had just been celebrating with mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. too long. And she had just saved and, like, she had yeah. freed their home mm-hmm. and then they were all destroyed and she's coming to realizing that the world of man isn't, yeah. mm-hmm. isn't all it's cracked to be. And her mother's words to her, they do not deserve you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they echo in her brain. But yeah. Yeah, so um, after this... Um, we go on to, uh, I guess, a greater battle where uh, she thinks that she has to destroy this fellow, um, and it turns out he's not Ares at all. Yes, it does turn out that he's not Ares at all, but I loved the fact that she hesitates, but only for a second, and mm-hmm. she, like, I was wondering, too, are they going to show her um, being the warrior that she is, or are they going to soften her and be like, okay, you're going to kill you. Let me, you're going to go to prison. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to yeah. lock you up where you can't be a bad man anymore. <laughs> and right. I love the fact that they, I mean, she was a war, like you said, she was herself the entire movie and who she is is a warrior exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah. um so she ends up killing this fellow it's not it's not uh she's like what's going on everybody's still fighting yeah mm-hmm. you can go home now i rid you from aries and no no one's going home they're still <laughs> packing up all the bombs mm-hmm. and the poison um so uh it turns out which we didn't even mention before 
um, this fellow who actually helps the the group of of guys uh, uh, in in their mission. And uh, what is it? What was his name? I don't remember his um, name. Uh, his name was. But he was he was the guy that was basically directing Steve Trevor. Right, exactly. Yeah. So he was part of their military. He was their boss. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he seemed really kind and nice. He had a little limp. He was, mm-hmm. you know, like very normal and nice. Very and unassuming. Right, exactly. Just goes to show that um, uh, that nice gringo that you thought was nice. No, <laughs> no, Look, the, the world was led to its downfall by white British people. Oh, yes, I went there. Oh, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this fellow, he actually is the one that's whispering all these Mm-hmm. Um, secret um, information to like Dr. Poison. He kind of inspires her, like whispers in her ear, and he gives them the thoughts. thoughts. So he yeah. doesn't give them the motivation. He, yeah. he basically plants the inception. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> so um, he turns out to be the bad guy. And it's really weird because he's like the guy from Harry Potter. He's uh, David. Lewis. Lewis, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for that, because I wasn't able to... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, he's an older fellow. He's uh, balding. He has a nice little mustache. So you're like, Aries? Are you going to be Aries, really? Oh, mm-hmm. just a side note. Uh, he was a British politician named Sir Patrick Morgan. Sir Patrick Morgan. That's, yeah. that's the guy. <laughs> and um, so he turns out to be Aries, and then he... he uh, I don't know where his armor comes on, and I love this part where he... Um, makes his helmet out of like molten um, yeah. metal, and then he cuts out his eyes with his uh, uh-huh. the, the eye um, the eye holes with his fingers, like melted metal. It looks so cool. I thought yeah. that was. I'm like, yes. Yeah. But I really, uh, for that scene, I really kind of felt that he was gonna shape shift into kind of a different, yeah, like more younger, yeah, uh, uh-huh. guy. Um, but no, he maintains the same face, but he's bulked up and he's Aries. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I thought that scene was the battle scene was really cool. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the sword that she felt and that she was told from the beginning to be god the, killer. the god killer was not so. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that Diana is, is the god, yeah. god killer. She is the daughter of Zeus, right? Which she did not know. Right, mm-hmm. exactly, and that was really cool because he's the one who actually tells her, uh, "You're my sister." Yeah, and yeah. In, in them, just like what they really went on full on fifty two on this one. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was just amazed uh, the the whole fighting sequence and everything, and I just uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit that. Like um, New Fifty Two, I was just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But I liked the Clay story more, and yeah, I thought it was like the stork. <laughs> I thought it was because that was the George Perez take on it. Yeah. Um, uh, that um, uh, she was made of clay with the help of the gods, and uh, Hippolyta like basically wanted a kid so bad she yeah. saved them from the, from the clay and was brought back to life by the gods. And I was just like, because it was so fantastical, I was just like, yes, yeah, sign me up. This, this is what <laughs> yeah, I'm here for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, I, I liked towards the end where... Um, you know they're fighting and the 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 plane's taking off with all the poison inside yeah. and there's no way to stop it because it's already set on a timer that you cannot stop mm-hmm. and uh it, it, if it goes off on the ground it'll kill like so Everyone. many miles and miles mm-hmm. of, of people if it goes up in the air it's gonna still spread i mean they had to really find a way to stop this airplane and this is where uh street trevor really you know 
you know comes up as a character for me and i just felt that that was like the point like that it was solid i really loved mm. it he says goodbye to diana she he gives her his watch and he's like i love you i know he mm. says i love you but she doesn't say it back i know <laughs> and I'm like, i was like honestly i rolled my eyes <laughs> in the movie i was like oh my god oh i was freaking bawling <laughs> i was crying and crying because i knew he was gonna die there yeah, yeah. and i knew that in her face she hadn't realized how how she felt about yeah, him yeah and that's what i liked about it she wasn't all goo goo gaga for him it wasn't like no steve don't go yeah. i'll do it no 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 it was no, like she knew she had bigger fish to fry yeah exactly and also she couldn't hear it was only afterwards that she realized what it was that he said yeah and then she was just like oh but i thought one of her 100 uh languages she spoke was lip reading as well so i thought she knew what i thought she knew what he was saying all along i thought the replay of that for us the audience was what it was for i just felt like she knew what he had Uh, said mm -hmm. who knows but um yeah i don't know i was just like he loves her he doesn't even know Using love with admiration, I don't because he's never Maybe. seen such a beautiful, <laughs> tough woman. Yeah. I think that's it. Because if they were at home while she's cooking and he's cleaning, it wouldn't play the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be, be the same kind of connection. So maybe he was confusing admiration with love. But mm-hmm. regardless, he he had his moment. He went up on the plane and he blew it up. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he, oh damn, teary <laughs> eyed. But when he looks back at the bombs and he just kind of takes a deep breath and smiles, and I'm just like, <gasps> I love you, Steve. <laughs> well, maybe. His plane will somehow crash into the Antarctic waters, and his body <laughs> will be frozen <laughs> in ice, and shield will come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! God. They <laughs> the same Dude, Steve Rogers, and, uh, Steve Trevor, Steve, 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 Steve. Steve. Oh my God! Oh my God! I didn't even realize that, but I, I like the way you. Yeah. Wow. See now it's. Uh, the magic is broken for me. <laughs> um, but um, wow, sorry for getting so loud, you guys. Yeah, no, no, but it, I mean, you know, we have fun on this podcast. That's what it's all about. Um, then we see, um, you know, Wonder Woman continues to fight with Ares, and and it's at this point in this final epic battle that she realizes she can also fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about uh, Wonder Woman as a character and as she's seeing these things that she can do, mm-hmm. um, I think she's able to control them uh, as she learns how to do these things because she of her uh, warrior background. Whereas you see Superman has a lot of uh, confliction with uh, um, um, maneuvering his powers. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. he has a lot of, he goes through a lot of trial and error. But that's because he's not a warrior. Right. He's not into and, he, and he didn't have anybody to teach him. I mm-hmm. mean, he, yeah. he was a, a baby in human the human world, and mm-hmm. so no one was able to teach him that. Mm-hmm. And with Wonder Woman, she doesn't even know she's a god. So all this stuff is coming, yeah. you know, towards her, like the whole uh, lightning mm-hmm. um, stuff. That was a little bit confusing because my, my nephew, he leans over. He's like, is that Zeus? It's not Aries because of the lightning. And I was like, oh. I actually took it like that because I know some people were bugged out about it, but I was just all like, um, uh, from texts that I've read and, like, stories that I've read, um, 
I had took it as that Ares, once he killed the gods, he had absorbed their powers. That's mm-hmm. true. And That's that true. he is the son of Zeus. Right, so, yeah. you know, maybe it was just a, like, after like a certain like time period, he was just like, oh, shit, I can control lightning now. <laughs> right, <laughs> was, right. Yeah. So I wasn't too hung up over it. I mean, it's the Greek gods. It's basically like, man, who the fuck knows? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I really like that part where uh, because of this battle's going on, she learns that she can absorb the lightning on yeah. her bracelets. And unleash it onto him, and she could also fly, yeah. which I thought was really awesome. So, um, spoiler alert: she wins the battle. <laughs> but but this, is, this is what I love about this movie and these scenes is that he uh, basically puts uh, um, Doctor Poison in front of her while she's carrying a tank, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Kill her! You know you want revenge, you know." Um, but then she searches inside her and she remembers that little conversation he had she had with Steve right before he died and um and she's like no and like in that moment her greatest power is love and compassion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and faith in her fellow man and i thought that was amazing and then we have a future villain for another movie. Exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty sure. Spoiler alert, she survives. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was amazing. Um, what did you guys think about that ending? It was It was great. Yeah. I I got the same thing that you did is that, yeah, like she's a warrior, but she also, she she has compassion for mm-hmm. for human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For us. For us poor mere mortals, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so that that was pretty cool. So that that's uh, so. What do you guys give the uh, the Wonder Woman movie? Oh my gosh! I like I said, I cried through the whole thing. Um, just the awesomeness of seeing those women up on screen and oh the God. story and just Wonder Woman done right. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. I totally give it um, three conchas and a cup. Cup of champurado, the whole entire panaderia. I agree. I concur with that rating. (laughs) I concur as well. So, so be it. (laughs) So it shall be. Um, There's uh, some fun facts about uh, Wonder Woman. Um, Linda Carter was going to make a cameo appearance, but because of scheduling conflict, she was not able to do so. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff like Gal Gadot and Emily Carey, which plays young Diana, have the same birthday, April 30th. Uh, Patty Jenkins and Linda Carter both have the same birthday, July the 24th. Um, uh, May 3rd is the day the film uh, finished wrapping, and it's also the birthday of William Moulton Mar- Mars. Marston, the creator, yeah, the creator of Wonder Woman. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Gal Gadot on the reshoots was five months pregnant. Yeah, Whoa. which is very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And it's the highest-grossing um, superhero movie, even though it wasn't released in Lebanon. Did they ever release it? Oh, I don't know. No. Okay. Uh, they actually banned it uh, yeah. in Lebanon because of uh, Gal Gadot being Israeli. 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 Sorry. sorry. I don't even know if they've banned it in other places. I feel like they will. Possibly. Who knows? But it's not just that she's Israeli, but she has actually, like, some political stuff that people were against. Yeah, she was Mm -hmm. in the Israeli Defense Forces for two years as a combat trainer, and um, uh, people have um, uh, pulled out receipts of stuff that she has said that is uh, anti-Palestinian. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, there's... uh, there's, that's a 
whole another yeah. can of worms. <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Uh. Um, she was Miss Israeli in 2004 uh, at 18 years old, and then she went into the Israeli Defense Forces for two years. Uh, her grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, she studied law, and uh, she was ranked number five in a list of 50 most talented, intelligent, funny, and gorgeous Jewish mm-hmm. women in the world. Mm-hmm. Number five? Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. Who, That's what I want to know. Who's one through four? <laughs> yeah. Be better than Wonder Woman. <laughs> who's right? number one? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now I want to know. Okay. got to look this up now. Uh, Zack Snyder was the one who cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, who was not Patty Jenkins' first choice as Wonder Woman, but was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only good thing Zack Snyder has done <laughs> really pretty much yes that interested me i, I was uh, interested to maybe uh cert research who was on patty jenkins list oh yeah, yeah. in the li- uh, uh i know this is a long episode but there's the, it's really interesting the women the women that were coveted for the wonder woman role were uh kate beckinsale sandra bullock really misha barton rachel uh. bilson sarah michelle geller jessica beale Ava Green, Christina Hendricks, and Kristen Stewart. Also, all of those. I mean, obviously, once a person is in a role, that's all you can see. But I couldn't see any of those. Right. Exactly. As a matter of fact, they even coveted um, Angelina Jolie as giving oh, her the lead I role. I did hear that. Yeah. Um, but then uh, she refused the role. But then in two thousand. Um, I don't know, but some years later, she actually wanted to direct the movie. Mm. And it's really interesting because um, there was a lot of directors that came, uh, that had Wonder Woman um, on, their, on, their, on their radar, <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- it didn't go through fruition. So that was pretty interesting. Very, that is very interesting. Yeah, those, those people on that list, um, I, I don't understand how uh, Misha Barton... Uh, <laughs> 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 right. Um, in 2005, jo- El Ho Sweden, Hoss was going to direct the film, uh, but in uh, February 2007, he left due to creative differences. And then in 2014, Michelle Maxwell McLaurin uh, also left because of, of the creative differences, and she's directed uh, episodes in Game of Thrones, Westworld, Walking Dead, Modern Family, Breaking Bad, and X Files. So that that was pretty interesting. Um, another thing that was interesting about the film was that um, they went a little bit different because they said that um, they were given life by Zeus to comfort men. The Amazons were made. But in um, the comic book story, uh, Wonder Woman, um, uh, in the Wonder Woman story history, uh, Aphrodite was the goddess of love, was the one who molded the Amazons from clay and breathe life into them and created a new race of women. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the George Perez route, too. Yeah. All the female goddesses got together. Oh, and that was the from, original. Mm-hmm. From the lost um, uh, from the lost souls that uh, Mother Gaia uh, had, like, stored and, like, um, uh, basically, like, whatchamacallit, guarded. And that's how they were able to do life. And I'm, honestly, I'm not surprised that after Daddy won because the whole um, uh, Pygmalion story Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, she can create life. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
I'm kind of uh, saddened that they didn't go the Aphrodite route because that would have been another strong female character that you know may may have defied Zeus and created a race of women. That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> they went with the Zeus thing, whatever. I guess because you know Diana's dad. Because it's Zeus who you know. <laughs> doesn't. Who honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he created the Amazons just so he could put his dick somewhere. Right. Well, God, yes. Was it was it uh, Morrison's where it was actually um, a sexual assault? Did Zeus? Uh, no, um, or was uh, it Perez? Was it? It was Perez where uh, Zeus realized that the Amazons were actually very beautiful, and he was just like, "Damn, gotta get me some of that." But <laughs> now there, I want to say though that in when they talked about there, there's a Wonder Woman book, and I can't remember now if it's Perez's or Morrison's, where I do remember that. But okay. where he where he actually does um, assault her, and then uh, wow, and then she that's what makes her be like okay uh, to to the rest of the Amazons, you know we're gonna rise up and we're we're going to um, save ourselves basically. But no, um, uh, that was in the beginning of this one of George oh. Perez. Of George Perez. Yeah, I, yeah, get, I remember I get that. so I many different that. ones, I get them all confused. Yeah, in this one where Antiope, um, uh, where she's attacked by Hercules. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. what it that's was. That's right. When, uh-huh. when Hercules ransacked yeah. the mascara, and then and they had to relocate to And in this one, Paradise I think it Island. was more tastefully done than in... Grant Morris. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because well, they didn't I show it. They just that. you just knew that yes. it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they it was Hercules. Yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't show it. Yeah. I remember because I was upset because in the Hercules uh, Marvel, the, the Marvels Hercules, mm-hmm. I was like, I like him. Raping and pillaging the Sierra. I know, right? I know. And I was just, I was, I was conflicted. I was just all like. But I like Hercules. Yeah. But that was Marvel <laughs> Hercules, who was really cool, and whose, yeah. patron, uh, whose patron god is Athena. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yes, those are all lots of um, really interesting tidbits of information. Mm. I really like hearing the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff of how a movie gets made and uh, mm. the different routes that they um, maybe could have gone, but definitely, uh, I think... The way that it did go, and Patty Jenkins at the helm, and I really um, hope that she does get uh, signed on to do the sequel. Exactly. Um, Unfortunately, it's not set in stone. There was some news that she had already uh, agreed to do the sequel, but she—it was just wishful thinking. Thinking she clarified it in the tweet. So okay. So um, yeah, it's not for sure yet, but Mm -hmm. it would be great if it was. Yeah. Yeah. And she already has ideas. She said it's going to be set in present day. So, and I think a lot of this has to do. We also have to thank like the writers of the script because yeah, without Mm -hmm. them, I don't think we could get this wonderful portrayal of Wonder Woman. Definitely. Absolutely. All right, girls, well, what's on our radar? Okay, so on my radar is a book that I read, a, I think it was a couple weeks now. I can't remember when it came out. Um, but it is called Winnebago Graveyard. Oh, I know which one you're talking yes. about. Yeah. Winnebago Graveyard. It's written by Steve Niles. It is a horror comic book. Um, I read number one, and it's basically this uh, this book where this family 
um, a mother and a father and some some unruly teenagers are forced into a Winnebago um, vacation. So imagine when you're a teenager and you're in this small little <laughs> small little um, moving house. And um, so the first issue basically is um, them doing some traveling cross country and they stop into this uh, little out of the way town where um, there is this creepy uh, like a uh, carnival and they're like let's stop and let's you know stretch our legs or whatever um, it's kind of reminded me of um, oh what, what was the uh, Rob Zombie movie oh where? yeah oh god what was it called the, the Hills of Eyes uh, no, the one where they stop um, and they go to where it's like a little museum and then they, they learn about Dr. Satan. Oh, a, a thousand, a te, a thousand, corpses? ten thousand corpses yes, or something like yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, kind of reminds me <laughs> of the setting of that. So there's this creepy carnival. Um, there's also a scene where there's some occultists that are like uh, doing this like devil worshipping thing. Um, <laughs> at the carnival, of course, there's scary carny folk. Um, and then there's a, a deserted small town. So that's kind of just setting the scene. I'm not going to tell you what happens or what goes on, but it was creepy as all get out. And I can't re- wait to read um, the second issue, which the second issue comes out July 19th. Um, we do still have some number ones at the shop. Uh, and July 19th, number two will come out. And I'm... Um, the Winnebago has a, a short-lived role because um, they park the Winnebago, they go to the carnival, and they come back, and it's gone. Oh, the no. The Winnebago's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, it, yeah, it has that feel to it, and also, like, something wicked this way comes. Oh, uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Like, think, think, think that. Yeah. I, I love something wicked this way So comes. there's a lot of horror genre comics out right now, and I love them. In fact, there's another Sabrina coming out. Yes! There's oh another oh, Sabrina coming out next week. Oh, yeah. Also on my radar. Uh, yes, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Colin Bunn has a couple of horror comics out. Um, Sons of the Devil is out. I mean, there's just a lot out right now that I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And on my radar, keeping with the DC theme, right now out in oh, <laughs> yes. Alpha Print, there has a, D- a DC Looney Tunes crossover that is so amazing. Like, you guys have no idea. Like, this sounds like the silliest idea ever, but it goes so well. My favorite so far are... Um, Martian Manhunter means Marvin the Martian. Yeah. And the Batman Elmer Fudd crossover. <laughs> and that Batman Elmer Fudd crossover, I think, was one of my cheesemas a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's right. That's right. Ago, but, yeah. <laughs> like, I recommend picking up every single one. So far, the ones out right now were um, uh, Bugs Bunny and um, uh, um, uh, the Legion of Superheroes, um, uh, Lobo Roadrunner. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Wonder Woman, Tasmanian Devil, uh, Marvin the Martian meets Martian Manhunter, Batman Elber Fudd, Yosemite Sam meets Jonah Head. (laughs) That's cool. And oh my god, they're all great. But my top picks are those two because the Batman Elmer Fudd one is this noirish kind of like like, and the artwork is amazing. It's like, oh my god, it's so 
good. Like, you guys have no idea. And to top it all off, Tom King is the writer. Tom King is and the writer. He, I mean, he is fast making a, a name for himself in the comic book industry of just yeah. being uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it, in a world where um, certain names carry a lot of weight his is definitely one of them mm-hmm. cool definitely and um uh just and the mar the marvin the martian and the martian manhunter one gets dark so quick i like I that one i love a lot. that one so good like it's like oh it's to die for it's so good <laughs> and each one is actually two stories there's one that's like you yes. know dc dark and greedy and then the another one which is looney, looney tunes, tunes. Uh-huh. yeah so they they have a they have alternative covers. There's two covers to each of them, but they're all like they're all really great. Yeah, I definitely recommend those. Yeah, I, and they seem silly when you first heard I of them. No, they uh, do. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, that's a, what a weird idea. But as soon as I connected Tom King to the Batman title, it it kind of gave me hope that it was not going to be silly. And mm-hmm. um, definitely, so far I've only read Lobo and Roadrunner and. Um, the Martian Manhunter and uh, Marvin the Martian, uh, and I I love both of them. They're mm-hmm. they're really really well written, well done, and the crossover portion is really good. Uh, it, it's not silly at all. It's not. It's cool. uh, it's great. Yeah, so I definitely recommend those. And another half to my cheese may is one of my favorite artists, uh, Stefan Sehik, is going to be uh, drawing a comic for DC called Metal. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and it looks great. I well, haven't that's seen because it, he's but doing everybody it. <laughs> keeps asking about it. Yeah, and uh, so Stefan Sehik. Uh, the Sunstone, which, uh, was it Witchfinder? Um, uh, Switch. Oh, Switch. Um, uh, he does Sunstone, Switch, Ravine, um, uh, Aphrodite 9, Nine. Mm-hmm. and uh, Death Vigil. It's oh, yes, Death, Death Vigil. Vigil is amazing. Death Vigil and Switch are so I good. really like Switch. Like, uh, he's, he's amazing, and I think he's so underrated. He's uh, utterly amazing. I cannot recommend Yeah, his art is really great. Him and his wife, Linda yes, Fadik. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Power couple. Power oh. couple. Too There's a lot of those in the comic industry, I noticed. That's oh, yeah. so cool. <laughs> Christos Gage and Ruth Fletcher. Yeah. Are um, married and write together. Wow. <laughs> That's um, really uh, awesome. Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction. Yes. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, growing up, uh, I had a boyfriend, and he, uh, there was a lot of competition when we were drawing. I didn't like it. I'm <laughs> 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 like, just, I just do this. Don't compete against me it sucks but <laughs> i love it that there's there are marriages that work that way yeah. and that mm-hmm. they inspire each other that's awesome cool mm-hmm. uh, on my radar is uh jessica jones season two um is reported to uh, that th- that they're gonna have a female director every other episode oh, of nice. this uh upcoming season oh wow so i'm excited to see yeah uh, to see what's up um, they were going to go with all female directors, but because of scheduling conflict, they're going every other episode of oh, okay. uh, female mm-hmm. directors. Is season two coming out before Defenders? I don't think no. so. No, after. Is Defenders okay. is going to be dropping soon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, August, right? I think yeah, August. Yeah, so it's the end of the summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's on my radar. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling this female empowerment. Going off of that, this falls more under Chisme de la Semana. <laughs> but they um uh, they caught um uh, some papers and pictures on some um, uh, screen like um uh, filming shots of 
Jessica making out with a mysterious stranger. Oh, yes, I what? saw that. Who isn't Luke Cage? Yes, I saw that. Ooh. Actually, when I first read it, I gave it a sad face or an angry face because I, I read it and I just immediately assumed that it was um, from the comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of, of drama going on in the comics right now with Jessica and Luke. Luke. Yeah. And so when I read that, I was like, no! <laughs> what's going on? And then when I actually read the article, I saw that it was for the TV show. I was like, oh, I don't care so much about that. <laughs> and I really, I really wonder, though, how they're going to, if they're going to ever come around to um, having Jessica and Luke be a thing because... I mean, they're a big thing in the comic uh, in the comic world. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. far we've seen. I mean, Luke had her in his bed, but he also had Misty and, uh, and he's kissing mm-hmm. on uh, Night Nurse. And, yep. Yeah, so <laughs> we're getting on. They get it around, and I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on my radar, guys. We have uh, some Junto Si Fuertes uh, things to talk about today. Remember, uh, Junto Si Fuertes is our uh, segment where we talk about uh, marginalized groups within the comic book community uh, who have maybe projects or events or things, and we just try to uh, give them some uh, some love and some Latinx love and support. Yeah. Um, so uh, my thing that I have for Junto Si Fuertes. Uh, this week is there is an Asian American Comic Con coming to what? Los Angeles. Oh my God! Yes, Asian American Comic Con is a summit on art, action, and the future. It's going to be July fifteenth, so it's actually coming up pretty quick. Um, it is going to be um, uh, if that's a Saturday, July fifteenth, uh, from noon to five o'clock at the Japanese American National <gasps> Museum yes, in Little Tokyo, yes. Tokyo downtown. Oh. There is a metro station right across the street. So you don't have to worry about parking. You can park in one of the parking rides or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll drop you off literally across the street, and you can have tea after. Oh yes. God, There's a Chato Tea Room right there. But, yes, yeah, so um, they're, uh, they are having um, a whole bunch of uh, cool things going on, including George Takai is their special, <gasps> what? Their oh special keynote. <laughs> okay, we just ran those right oh now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. No way. This is oh my god! Yeah, he's gonna be there. He just uh, he did a large donation to the um, uh, Japanese. Oh American really? Okay. Yeah. I've never been. I've always wanted to go, but I've never been. Oh, I've I went. Um, I went there once uh, at an old job I had uh, where she she was a metalsmith. She made a uh, jewelry. Oh, mm-hmm. and she actually. Uh, T- taught a class in there how to make uh, wine necklaces, and I was her assistant. Oh, cool. So I was like, I never knew. You know, and I was able to walk around yeah, the museum. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. It was great. Awesome. Loved it. Loved I it. I have been going to Little Tokyo since I was in elementary school. Uh-huh. I've been, the, the museum used to sponsor my school, like, well, not sponsor, but they would, like, um, uh, like uh, give discount or free tickets to the school oh, okay. to have us go to um, the museum there. Mm. And so I know the I know Little Tokyo very well and very fondly. Yeah. And I always get, like, <laughs> I always tell Kristen, like, after we're like, oh, I'm just going to go to Little Tokyo, gr- grab some ramen. Nice. Yeah. It is the go-to place. I love Little Tokyo with all my heart, I and I want to go. You know what? I'm going to get somebody to cover for me. Now that you told me, I'm going to go. I'm definitely going to go. Oh, I used excellent. to work downtown, and I used to love uh, going to Little Tokyo for lunch. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the cool things about what's happening um, at this 
uh, event is there is going to be a world premiere unveiling of a comic anthology called New Frontiers. Ooh. It's a graphic novel anthology, well, graphic anthology um, with original stories um, by all kinds of different creators. Um, there's crea- Asian creators, black creators, Hispanic, Native American, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans. Excellent. All um, oh my God. together in this Good anthology. Um, it, it talked a little bit about how they're telling... I tried to get some information, and it wasn't really clear, but what it said on the um, about uh, page... And they do have a Facebook page, but what it, what it talked about was that um, all of these creators are telling stories, original stories, inspired by George Takai's life and legacy. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. You yeah. have to get some of these for so the store. Which, yes. which uh, makes sense with the New Frontiers title. Yeah. So, um, and... Uh, not to be uh, undone from other by other Comic Cons, um, this uh, Asian American Comic Con will have an artist alley. <gasps> nice. What? Yes. Excellent. So, <laughs> look, I just got I just got cleaned out by Anime Expo. Like I'm about to be cleaned <laughs> out again. Like I am there. I love artist alleys. So um, there it, there um, is uh, tickets on sale right now. It is happening soon. So get your tickets. Um, there's two price points. There's general admission, which is seventeen dollars. Oh, not um, bad. It is $20 at the door. Um, but there is also a VIP ticket, which is $47. And that $47 includes entrance to the Comic-Con, a tour, a VIP tour of the museum, and a copy of the New Frontiers comic. And oh, wow. That's Your perfect. girl knows what she's so going to be buying. That's 47 and then that would be 50 at the door. Excellent. I'm, I'm so into it. I'm sorry. I was just adding them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, so cool. I, I would love to take the Metro there. I, I, everything about this is perfect for me. I actually yeah. am part of an Instagram group. Um, the, we're the uh, downtown LA Instagram group, and I am planning on meeting them there at night. So maybe I can make it a, a whole all-day downtown L.A. thing and oh, go nice. to the comic convention. And then I'm meeting them at 6, so it's perfect because this ends at 5. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I Definitely. love it. All right. My Juntos y Fuertes, um, I've been tweeting, twittering, uh, just like, you know, your girls on Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I was following somebody, and it said, um, uh, I actually found this on my on my regular Twitter, and then I retweeted it so I could find it um, uh for our Comandesi comics, uh-huh. and at the blurb girl tweeted that, okay, that's it. I'm sick of talking about diverse comics being canceled. Here's a bunch that you can buy now. Ooh. And she gives a very nice long thread of um, uh, diverse comics cool. that you can get. And some of the ones that I thought looked really cool and uh, seem really interesting and some that we can cover are Ma- um, uh, Malaika Warrior Princess by Unique Studios. Ooh. And that one was looked super cool. Um, uh, this one is one that you can is available for purchase now. It's called Run Love Kill, and it was pretty popular as a graphic novel. We sold a lot of it. I remember that. We're book. actually out at uh, the store. I need to order some. I remember that book when yeah. it came out. The art was very interesting. You I was, remember? Yeah, it was very unique. Yeah, it, 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 I really liked it. Um, uh, I didn't have the time it to read a, it. It was a female like assassin or something. I thought something around yeah. that, and not just the lo- the title itself. Run, love, kill. Yeah, like, damn. 
That, that sounds interesting. So this is all. Uh, this is available as a trade. And when like she posted, I I remembered it. Yeah. And so we're gonna be ordering that. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> and uh, this is available to purchase in most comic book stores. Cool. That carry um uh um uh, titles. Uh, is that is that list? Um, would we be able to maybe share it on our Facebook? Yes, we can. Okay, cool. And uh, last one, Harriet Tubman. Demon Slayer. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh I heard my God. I know. I heard about that on uh, the Negro Justice League podcast. Yeah. And I was like, are they joking or is this for real? Because this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it looks Is that a so uh, Kickstarter cool. or uh, when will it be available? I think it's, uh, she posted it, I think these are already available. Oh, okay. Either online or just like, uh, like indie published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one that I know like for sure is published by Image is Run, Love, Kill. Okay. And, like, there's, like, a quick tidbit. There's there's Iznana, the Were-Spider, Bounce, Primus, which seems like a really cool fantasy one, uh, Agents of the Realm, Prince's Love Pond, and, um, uh, and she um, uh, retweeted a group called Advent Comics, who has given us a free preview that we will be looking into. Advent Ooh, sounds familiar. Nice. I feel like I've seen stuff by them before. But yes, uh, we did get a free preview um, of their, um, it was their comic Black Star Line. Ooh, um, cool. So it's actually Black Star Line 2. So uh, we definitely should uh, take a look at it and um, it could be mm-hmm. our on the radar mm-hmm. in one of our next I I think it's yeah, definitely. Episodes. Exactly. I think it's super cool how we started with, like, a strong female characters and Latino creators and artists and how uh, at one point I thought we were going to run out of material and now people <laughs> are just, yeah, here, read my stuff. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. also have a comic that we can also review, so that was also... Um, I think uh, one of the promoters gave it to us to review eventually on our podcast. So um, I'm go- I'm so happy that people are just happy to have us review their books. And I picked up some books actually at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Oh wow! Oh. Um, I picked up some. Um, I specifically went around talking to. I talked to everyone, but it was so funny. People probably like, why does why is there there all the creators probably went into the break room and was like, hey, did that r- weird chick come by your table and ask? What your ethnicity was? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, no way, really. Right. Some of the, some of you them, are courageous. Yes, you oh. are. Some of them, their names were like you couldn't really tell, and then also just, I mean, they could have been mixed or. And so yeah, I, I was looking every. I'm like, I'm sorry to be so personal, but can you? But what's your ethnicity? <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I, I always say, oh, uh, Cruz, oh, what is that? Uh, your background, like all, like you know, yeah. Uh, but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, but you know, you never know. Um, I went somewhere with my husband. I forgot where, and uh, we were talking. I was translating for him because he speaks in, uh, Spanish mostly, and he understands a bit of English. And this guy, he um, he was pale skin and red haired. Ah. Mm-hmm. But I saw his. Oh, we were at Fry's, and I saw his name. It was Latino. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to assume. And so then I'm translating to my husband. He's like, and then he proceeds to speak to him in Spanish. I'm like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you spoke Spanish. <laughs> that's funny. There was a woman. I went to go get a pedicure today, and there was a woman who she and her daughter walked in, and they had 
bright red hair and they start speaking Spanish and I was looking at them because it catches you off guard but yeah, totally I've actually does. known many uh, redhead uh, Spanish speaking people so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, growing up, whenever I would watch the the news with my grandma, um, everybody on TV was blonde. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, I think it's so, it's so and, awesome that you do that. very light skin. Light skin, so, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So I actually have a few um, that I can, I in fact, I forgot all about it uh, until you mentioned it. But, yeah, I did pick up some. Excellent. I guess we know what we're going to be doing next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you're any of you creators are out there and you're going to uh, San Diego Comic Con Artist Alley, I'll be there asking you what you're interested <laughs> 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 And please don't hesitate to give us recommendations. Yeah, for if sure. You know somebody, like even if they're like doing it out of their like garage yeah. or something, they're personally like hand painting these, hand drawing everything. Like we want to know, we want to put the word out there. Mm-hmm. We are interested in these unique ideas of self-published, majorly published, like big writers, small writers, just trying it out to see if it works or has been in the business for forever. We are interested and we are here and we care about your creativity. Definitely. Creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, when I mentioned to um, one of the guys whose book that I bought um, and told him that I was buying it because we do um, uh, cheese, uh, cheese, we do Comadresi Comics, a podcast that highlights the um, Latinx uh, presence in the comic book industry. He's like, oh my gosh. And he just, he's like, let me give you some names. And he was really? like, oh, that's uh, wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love how there's a lot of love in our community. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that actually brings us to the end of our episode. Do you guys have any shout outs? Definitely shout out to um, all of the creators that we've talked about uh, in our past couple of uh, podcasts. Um, all of the creators who are sending us things in uh, to our Gmail. And if you have anything that you want to contact us, um, we are comadrecomics at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us if you have any recommendations, any books, any creators that you know and love. Uh, we definitely would like, love to hear from you. Yes, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And follow uh, us on Instagram <laughs> at Comadrecy Comics. Yes. And definitely shout out to Advent Comics for reaching out to us via Twitter and sending us that copy to, like, really get us, like, uh, interested in what it is that you're doing. Because, honestly, it looks really fucking cool. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, we, uh, so shout out to you guys and shout out, please shout out to us at Twitter at Comic Comadres. Uh, we are always here, and I am always willing to talk with you guys. Or fight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, shout out to Sam Humphreys. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so excited about that. Um, also, a shout out to you listeners. Thank you guys for taking the time and listening to our podcast. If you have any suggestions, any comments, anything, we're here. We're listening. We're reading your comments if you're inclined to do so. Um, and that's about it. Follow us on Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao.